If you have your Bibles, I'm going to go ahead and tell you kind of the biggest place we're going to be tonight. Um, And you can turn there, and then we'll get to it in a second. But we're going to be in Hebrews 11. Um, If you know anything about Hebrews 11, you know that uh, the passage or the chapter is referred to as the Hall of Faith. Um, So it makes sense that on a night where we're looking at this aspect of faith versus religion like we talked about last week, um, then we would be... In this passage. Uh, So let me just say this right now because I know how it is and I know how. uh, I mean, obviously, I'm up here. I talk with you guys, I hang out with you guys before, after, during service, and everything. But there are some of you guys who are here this week that were not here last week, which is totally okay. I'm not keeping attendance or anything, but I'm just saying this is a two part lesson. So I'm going to just tell you right now. If you are sitting here tonight and weren't here last week and you hear this, there might be tiny, I'm, I tried really hard to not make it so dependent on last week's so that you had to hear it, but there might be bits and pieces of things that would have been helpful to hear last week's. So if you want to go back and listen to last week's, one, it's still on our Instagram page, LOL Students, um, and we, we do live videos on there every Wednesday night, or try to, or you can go to our podcast page, which is also Lowell Student Ministry, I think, uh, or just Lowell Students. And you can find all the lessons that I do in here on Wednesday nights on that podcast. So if you're like, wait, I didn't co- totally understand that, go back and listen to last week's and it might fill in some of the gaps. But last week, I'll just give you kind of like a TLDR, which does anyone still use that? Okay. Well, okay. So this was something that I think my generation invented because we're super lazy. But TLDR <clears throat> is something like when someone would post an article on Facebook and like people were too lazy to read it, someone would comment and say TLDR, which stands for too long, didn't read. Okay, So they'd put TLDR and then they would basically sum up the article in like a sentence. You know, they'd be like, this happened. Okay, So they'd be like, TL-. so you didn't have to read the article, you could just read the TLDR. So right now I'm going to give you guys the TLDR of last week's lesson. We looked at this concept of religion, okay? And I think a lot of us view religion as kind of like a very holy thing, right? Like if we were to look at the idea of like, what religion are you? Many would say Christian, some might say Baptist, but we would all associate with some form of religion or some form of belief. And we looked at how God originally intended for this idea of religion to be a community of believers, right? If you look at scripture, it continually talks about the church or the religion of following God being a place where there is a community of believers. But in reality, humanity kept taking God's plan of a community of believers and turned it into some sort of like corporate structure where there's like bosses and like next level bosses. And like we looked at all that stuff. So we looked at how this word religion, where it comes from God meant something that was good as in this community of believers or what we call the church, but how humanity has turned religion four times, actually, we looked at throughout the history of mankind into something that was not what God's plan was. So we really looked at this idea that religion is really kind of not 
a great thing, which sounds really weird on the surface level. If you came in here and you sat down and I said, religion is not a good thing, you'd be like, what kind of church is this? Uh, But we talked about how religion in what it has become or what humanity has turned it into is not necessarily what God intended. So on the flip side of that, and this whole thing came about, and I do this from time to time, and I'm sure some of you were here and remember, um, I asked you guys, what things do you guys want to learn about in here on Wednesday nights? And one of the things that got brought up was faith versus religion. Kind of what's the similarities, what's the differences? So that's kind of where this all came from. So we looked at religion, and now I want to look at faith. And I would argue that faith is one of, if not the most important aspect of not just our Christian lives, but our entire lives. Like our entire existence, I think that our faith... What we place our faith in is literally the foundation, the, 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 the bottom, most important piece of who we are as a person. In fact, in Ephesians 2.8, it says, by grace we are saved, like the grace of God, we are saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is a gift from God. So God's grace, the way that we are saved is, is God's grace, which is given to us. And the only way we receive that gift is in that key part right there that says through faith. And so it is through our faith in God and his son being who he said he was. It's our faith in Jesus that we are saved by God's grace. So when we look at this, we realize that where you place your faith determines where you spend your eternity. And, and, and I, like that sounds like a really like big moment. And I don't want you to miss it because it is a really big moment. Where you place your faith is where you spend eternity. And, and so before we go any further, I just want to start out tonight with saying, if you're sitting here tonight and you have never placed your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior... That you have never placed your faith saying that Jesus is the Son of God and that he died an atoning death for our sins. Meaning that all the bad things I do, Jesus paid the punishment and died for them. If you've never never claimed that, then you don't have the resurrection that came when he rose again three days later. And so as we go through tonight, I want you to really evaluate in your mind, where do I place my faith? Have I placed my faith in Jesus truly? Because that's... What you have to do to get this gift of grace, which means to spend eternity with God in heaven. So, that's a lot of pressure. I don't know if you guys realize this right here, but when we talk about this idea of faith and making sure that it is communicated properly to you guys, that's a lot of pressure on me up here. Like, and I'm not trying to be like, oh, poor Brian, he's so like oppressed and like, Like, I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying, like, you have to realize that, like, this is something that weighs heavy on my heart. Because if I stand up here and I teach you guys something about faith and I'm off base or I'm wrong, I am putting your eternal standing in jeopardy. And so, like, you guys are putting a big deal of faith in me to stand up here and to teach you about what it means to have faith in God. And and so I want to just start before we do anything else. I want to just take a second and I want us all to just pray. You can pray quietly. I'm going to pray over the group. And I want to just pray that it's not me. 
up here tonight. Like, it's very easy as a youth pastor, and I mean, we talk about this all the time, for me to get up here and me to speak to you guys from who I am, but that God would speak through me tonight, that his word, his truth, his Holy Spirit would speak to you guys tonight to un- so that you can understand this super important aspect of faith. So let's just pray just for a second real quick. God, we thank you for your grace that you give us so freely. God, and we, we, we just pray that in this time that you would speak, that your Holy Spirit would fill this room, that it would not be my words, but it would be your words that would come through tonight, God, that your truth about what it means to have faith in you would be spoken tonight so that anyone in this room who, does, who has never placed their faith in you and in your son Jesus would do so tonight. That they would change their eternal standing from separation from you in hell to eternity spent with you in heaven. God, I just pray that you would just speak your truth tonight. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I said we, I want you guys to be in Hebrews 11. And if you don't have a Bible, if you have it on your phone, I don't know. Did you guys even turn in phones tonight? I did. Oh, look, we have, okay. Well, I'm putting a lot of faith in you guys to not be on your phones all the time, but uh, we'll we'll just let it slide tonight. But anyway, uh, if you have the Bible app on your phone and you feel so trustworthy that a notification is not going to pop in and distract you or whatever, but like, I don't want you surfing TikTok the whole time you're in here. But anyway, uh, turn to Hebrews 11. Turn to Hebrews 11, and this is where we're going to talk about this idea of faith. And we're actually going to start at verse 6, and then we'll hop back to verse 1. But verse 6 in Hebrews 11 says, without faith, listen to this. This is so key to everything we're going to talk about tonight. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. And that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Not just those who believe he exists and don't live their life according to his commands or just do whatever they want and don't care. It's those who believe he exists and those who earnestly seek him. So not only does our entire eternal eternal standing or where we spend eternity hinge on this idea of faith, but also all the hope that we have of ever possibly pleasing God with our life, like, like I think we, we talk about this all the time, that God created each and every one of us, right? Like the Bible says he knit us together in our mother's womb. God designed us, he created us, and he developed a plan for our lives. And literally the, right here this passage says the only way, the only way that our lives can be something that is pleasing to God is through our faith in him. And, and, and we're going to round out with this verse, but... The, well, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to save that for later. But faith is such an important aspect, not just in Hebrews 11, but throughout Scripture. And specifically a verse that we're going to look at at the very end of this that kind of rounds out the whole thing. So you're probably sitting here going, okay, we get it. Faith is a big deal. Like that point has been, I think, proven here. But what exactly is faith? What is faith? And, and, you know, usually 
I love to give you guys the dictionary definition. And in fact, if you were here last week, you'll remember I gave the dictionary definition of religion, which was really kind of a good, but also kind of a bad definition. But tonight I don't want to give you the dictionary definition because Hebrews 11.1, the first verse of Hebrews 11, literally gives us a biblical definition of what faith is. So I'm going to read that to you guys right now. Hebrews 11.1 says, Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Well, that sounds like about the most confusing verse ever. Being sure of what we hope for and being certain of what we do not see. Now, I know this was like a year ago, maybe two, I don't even remember. But when we talked about Christmas time, either last year or the year before, we did the candles. Do you guys remember that? That was last year? Okay, good deal. <clears throat> so it was only a year ago. Surely you guys remember. Uh, but we talked about how the candles were like hope, love, peace, and joy. And we talked about in hope, which was the first candle, that hope is both a verb, meaning like I hope that this will happen. It's an action thing. I hope that this happens. Or it's also a noun, meaning I have hope in something. And, and we realize that faith is kind of the same way in our language, right? You can say, I, I, like my faith is active, right? It's not just like, oh, I I have faith in something, but your faith is something that you act on. And I think that Hebrews 11.1 kind of blends the two types of hope into this idea of faith. On the surface, we see the verb, meaning like we wish for something, right? Like it says, being being certain of what you hope for, like what you wish for. But then it turns around and it uses this as the other type of hope, as an expectation. That it's, it's an assurance of what you cannot see. And, and think about it like this. If you have faith, that Christ rose from the dead to atone from your sins. Like, okay, so if you have faith that Christ rose from the dead for your sins, you not only hope that you're right about it, but then you add faith and you have hope because of the truth of what Christ did. I know that's confusing, and I feel like I'm getting a lot of blank stares right now, but tr- like, stick with me. So if you believe that Jesus rose from the dead for your sins, you don't just have hope that that, you don't just sit around and hope that that happened. Like we don't sit here and go, well, that was a great lesson. Really hope it was true. Like we don't do that, right? We, we don't just have that hope because we have that hope. We hope that it's true, but we hope through faith, which means we truly believe that it is true. And that means we have hope. Through Jesus Christ. Faith is literally what turns wishing for something into expecting something. Faith is what turns hoping for something into believing something. Do you see that right there? Do you see how that works? You can you can you can hope for something. It goes through. Once you have faith, then you believe it. That's the difference. And then we look at the second part of verse 1. It says, being certain of what we do not see. 
And, And I think that this is what a lot of people call blind faith. I don't particularly care for that term because I feel like we do see God in action. Like, so I don't think it's totally blind faith, but this is what people call blind faith, being certain of what we do not see. And this is what God expects from us because it literally forces us to fully trust God. Like, so for those two of you who did the trust falls earlier, could you see the people behind you as you were falling? But you believed we were there, right? Like that was, you, you put your faith in that moment in us because you couldn't see us, but yet you still fell. So you placed your faith in what you could not see. I don't know about you guys. I'm a pretty big guy. When I sit down in a chair, I still trust that it's going to hold me. That is, that has come back to bite me a couple times in my life. But we have faith when we sit on something that it's going to hold us, right? We don't actually understand how that all works. Like, I mean, I'm sure some of us can be like, uh, yes, if you take the cosine of the function of the angle of the legs of the chair, like, okay, we're not going to go into that. But like, like, we don't fully understand why a chair holds us up when we sit in it. But we still sit in chairs like literally every day. I look, at, I look at our current society, our current culture, and we, we have to have proof of everything this, these days. Like literally, we, we, we refuse to believe something's true unless we have evidence. Like someone could be like 2 plus 2 equals 4, and you'd be like, I don't believe it until I see two things and two things make four things. Like, okay, like literally do I have to bust out oranges from like first grade math class and like be like, if I have two oranges and I add two more oranges, how many do I have? And you're like, one, two, three, four. Now I believe it. Like, I feel like our society has become so skeptical that we have lost the ability to have true faith. However, this idea of having a faith, this idea of having a faith that is not blind, faith that has a reason, is not something that is backed by Scripture. So once again, we see like, and we talk about this again all the time, like all these things we're talking about tonight, like I said, they're, they're, they're foundations, they're building blocks for everything in Christianity. And so like we talk about in here all the time about how God never makes anything easy for us. And that sounds like really like a crummy thing to do, but like nothing in life that's worth doing is easy. And so, again, what's easy and what's comfortable for us, believing in something that we can see tangibly, like believing that a chair is going to hold me because I'm already sitting in it, is the easy thing to do. But that's not what God wants from us or what he expects from us. He wants us to believe in him without reason. That way we have a full reliance on him. Like we we don't trust in ourselves. We don't believe in ourselves. And that sounds like, wow. God doesn't want us to believe in ourselves? No, because yourself is the problem. Do you realize that? Like yourself is the problem. It's your sinful nature that separates you from God, and so you are fully reliant on God for salvation. There's nothing you can do that can earn your entrance into heaven. So instead of being reliant on yourself, God calls us to believe in him and to be fully reliant on him. Okay, so now 
that we understand what faith is, a full belief and reliance on God, and we know how important faith is in our eternal standing, we have to ask ourselves, what does it look like or what does it mean for me to be to have faith? What, is, what does it actually look like in practice? Like it's one thing for me to sit here like I could sit here, like I could literally sit here and I could just have faith in God. This is what faith in God looks like. I have faith in God. Do you see it? This is, this is me having faith in God. Like, like, we could sit here and we could do that, right? We could say, okay, like, I, I want to believe he has faith in God. But again, I want him to prove it to me, right? We're skeptical. Like, you could sit here and you could say, okay, Brian's going to sit here. And he's going to say he has faith in God. But what has he done in his life that shows that he really has faith in God? What has he done in his life where he stepped out in faith in God and did something that proved that he had faith in God? I want to say again, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. I I told you guys that Hebrew 11 is called the, the Hall of Faith or the Faith Hall of Fame or whatever you want to call it. This passage opens and says, Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. This is what the early believers in God, the Old Testament people, and then ultimately the New Testament people too, but the ancients or the Old Testament people were commended for. And then it goes into all these people who had great faith. I'm not going to read the whole chapter to you. But I'm just going to cover some names. By fa- starting in verse 5, by faith Enoch, verse 7, by faith Noah, verse 8, by faith Abram, Abraham, 11, by f- by faith Abraham, different Abraham, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Uh, 20, by faith Isaac, 21, by faith Jacob, 22, by faith Joseph, 23, by faith Moses. Uh, 29, by faith the people of Israel passed through the Red Sea. 30, by faith the walls of Jericho fell. 31, by faith the prostitute Rahab, who is in our next series on Women of Christmas. Hang on. So, Did I miss Sarah? I'm just trying to skim through here. And then it says in verse 32, what more shall I say? I don't have time to talk about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Josiah, David, Samuel, and the prophets who all had, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised. Okay? So literally, this, this whole passage sits here and he lists all these great people of faith, and it says, by faith, and then it gives the action that they showed their faith. 
If you, and, and I challenge you guys to go back. I don't want to take up our whole time reading the whole chapter of Hebrews 11. But it goes through in each one of those people. It talks about the ways that they acted in faith. For example, it says, By faith, Noah built an ark. By faith, Moses led his people out of Egypt. By faith, Joshua conquered Jericho. Like we, we look at all these things and we see that their faith was not just something that they sat there and said, I have faith in God. Their faith was something that they acted upon. It was something that pressed them into action. But here's the crazy thing. And this is going to like completely flip our entire lesson on its head right now. Because if you look in verse 39 of Hebrews 11, it says, All these were commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Okay, now wait a minute. How come these people, the hall of faith, all showed great faith in God, all demonstrated their faith in God through their life and their actions, yet none of them received what was promised to them by God? That makes no sense. Like, I'm sitting here going, if I lived my life devoted to God, had faith in God, and I, and I lived my life sold out, devoted to him through that faith, and in the end I didn't receive what I was promised from God, I'd be pretty ticked. I'd be like, what in the world? What? I just spent my whole life. But the promise it's talking about here is not that they didn't receive the promise of eternal a life lived eternally with God in heaven. It's talking about seeing the Messiah. Okay? So I don't want you to read this passage and be like, they didn't get what they promised? I don't want to do this. It's talking about seeing the Messiah. All of these people died before Christ's birth. But why? Why did all these people die and not get to see what God had promised them? And we get our answer in the next verse, verse 40. It says, God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. And I think about all these heroes of faith, all those names that we rattled off. And I think when they were on their deathbeds, when they realized that the time was drawing near for them to meet God face to face, were they sitting there upset at God because of the situation? Of course not. Because they had great faith in God. Because they trusted that God had something better in store for them. They knew God had a better plan than that the heroes of faith would be rewarded together. Creating this community between believers. And I think this is a really cool picture. And I know that what we've talked about tonight is kind of a little like obscure and a little off the wall stuff and a little abstract. But I want you to hear me out right now. The key part of this is that through this faith, through this belief in God and this trust in God and who he says he is, we are not only one body of Christ while we're alive but we are also one 
with all those who have lived in faith with God. And so I think when we look at this idea of religion, I think our religion really is the community we have with those around us in our life. So like I share a religion with you guys in here. I share a religion with those in my church. I share a religion with my family members that I have the same belief as. But when we look at a faith, what a faith truly is, is it's an all-encompassing from the beginning of eternity till the end of eternity group of all those who have placed their faith in God. Like we're literally like we talk about being the body of Christ all the time, like in the church. And it's so true. We are the body of Christ. But when we look at this idea of the faith and the spectrum from eternity to eternity, we are literally one giant body because of one shared faith in Christ Jesus. And that's like a truly a mind-blowing, really cool and mind-blowing thing to think about. And I said we had one verse that at the end of tonight was going to kind of sum this up. And I wanted to throw this out there because I love this verse. And, and I think that this verse gets taken out of context, especially in like youth ministry a lot. And I want to give you guys this verse in context. Some of you could probably quote it to me, but it's 1 Timothy 4.12. It says, Do not let anyone look down on you because you are young. And that is quoted all the time. I always hear people be like, 1 Timothy 4.12, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. We're young, but we rule the church. Woohoo! Don't let anyone look down upon you. But it doesn't end there. And I think that's truly important that you realize, don't let anyone in this church look down on you because you're young, because you guys are all leaders. As a Christian and as a believer, as someone who has faith in God, you are equal to anyone in this church in your faith. So don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But what is the second half of this? But rather set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. You are called, even as young Christians, to be examples of faith, not just to your peers, but to every other person who has faith in Jesus. And that can sound scary on the surface, that as a new believer, someone who has just recently placed their faith in in God, to be an example of But realistically, all this means is that you live your life showing that faith you have in God. That you live your life being an example of that faith in God by how you choose to live your life. And this means more than having faith when things are good. Like it's easy to have faith in God when your life's going good. It's easy to trust God whenever things are going your way. But being a true example of faith means that you have an unwavering, an unchanging, an unshakable faith in God. Not just when things are going right, but especially when things aren't going the way that you thought. 
Knowing and trusting that God has the best plan possible for you, even when you don't understand why what is happening is happening to you. I talk to kids all the time who are like, I lost my parents. I lost a family member. I got some sort of sickness. This bad thing happened to me. I struggle with this sort of thing. And they're like, why does this happen? I don't understand how this could be part of God's plan. But through this faith, through this idea of faith, we have to realize that anything that has happened to you, anything that you're going through, anything you're struggling with, is truly a part of God's bigger plan. And that God promises through his scripture that he has a better plan in place than what you think. Like, I I talk to kids all the time, they're like, if I just didn't struggle with depression... Or if I just didn't struggle with whatever. Or if this one thing in my life hadn't happened to me and changed who I was, my life would be so different. But what we have to realize is that when we truly have faith in God, we have to understand that everything we go through, everything we struggle with, everything that happens to us, is a part of God's plan that we can't even begin to understand, but we just have to trust in Him and have faith And that's what faith is all about. Faith isn't about your religion. Faith is about trusting in a God and having this personal relationship with him and knowing that you can rely on him, you can trust in him through anything in life. And not only does that radically change the way that you go about your life, but it changes your eternal standing and also it changes it. it, it changes you, the way you live your life to make it. I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. It, it's about what it takes to be someone who is pleasing to God. That's what faith is about. Is living your life devoted to him and pleasing him with your life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you guys close your eyes real quick. And we, have, we haven't done this in a long time. And it's not because of anything other than just feeling like it needs to be done. And I'm, So I'm going to ask you guys to close your eyes. Close your eyes, close your eyes, close your eyes, bow your heads. But I can feel right now that, that there may be someone in this room who needs to put their faith in Jesus for the first time tonight. And, and I, don't, I don't know why, but I just, I feel that there's someone sitting here that's going, God has laid it on my heart to say, tonight I need to place my faith in Jesus. And if you're sitting here tonight thinking that, feeling that, would you please just raise your hand with no one looking around? Just raise your hand saying, I need to put my true faith in Jesus tonight. Okay, thank you. Okay, listen, I'm going to pray for you guys here. And if you raise your hand tonight, I want you to come talk to me. I want you to come talk to me about what it means, how you can place your faith in Jesus. And the importance of that and how it can change the rest of your life. But let me pray for you guys real quick. God, I thank you for these students. I thank you for the faith that they have in you. And I pray that it would be a faith that is unwavering, that is unshakable, unchangeable, and that they would be devoted to serving you with their life, God. I pray that if anyone in this room 
is still sitting on this idea of needing to put their faith in you for the first time that you would just move in their heart right now, that you would convict them and let them know that the only way to spend eternity in heaven with you is by placing their faith in you. God, I thank you for these students that are here, and I pray that you would just bless them as they go from here. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.